0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for coffee and chaos. Hey Grant, how's it going? Thanks for, thanks for joining us tonight.
1: Yeah, thanks guys for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So um, before we get started into the content, I gotta ask, are you a coffee guy?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I, uh, I drink more when, um, when I'm in camp because it helps with my appetite and my energy levels. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoy coffee.
0: Is it like a so a lot of fighters they get like these fancy brands and they're sponsored and all this stuff because there's there's so many different brands and things out there is it like a organic type thing like is it like something you're sponsored by or are you just going like the old like coffee house type coffee like how, how's it how's it what are you drinking
1: I go to this place it's called uh, perhaps I've heard of it Starbucks and oh okay uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I get a uh, a black coffee with some sweetener in it <laughs> that's, uh, I just, that's about the extent that i have all the drinks that i really like on there are all really girly drinks so i have to order them when i have my girlfriend with me and pretend like she's the one getting them it will be like a caramel ribbon crunch is like my favorite and i'll be like oh yeah she wants a caramel ribbon crunch she'll be like what are you talking about like, shut up babe. on my side
0: <laughs> yeah uh that's that's okay I've, I've actually learned as i've gotten older like So, you know, college, you know, you do the party thing, you drink and it's like the whole time you're drinking, you're like, this tastes like shit. And then you realize (laughs) like down the road, you're like, wow, there's so many good drinks out there that taste really good and can get the job done, but you're almost embarrassed to drink them. And now that I'm older and I have kids, it's like, okay, well, I can drink these girl drinks now. It tastes good and it's going to do the same thing. And it's totally acceptable now. That's why guys are drinking seltzers. Like every guy drinks a seltzer now. So, um, I don't like, I kind of, I can, I can relate. Uh, but I do drink my coffee black. I like black coffee.
1: Yeah, I like the, I like the sugary uh, the sugary ice cream type coffees, but uh, if i do if I do a, a black one, I'll I guess I put cream in it too. I'll do cream and sweeteners as, as my go-to when uh, when I'm in camp. It's gotta be sweet. gotta be sweet to get it down. Oh, sweet. That, that's my go-to. So,
0: so dude,
1: do, do you have a nickname? No nickname? He's got a nickname. I-
2: I do have not a nickname. A nickname.
1: I missed the nickname. KGD, right? Yeah, yeah. K KGD.
0: And that—that's just. I'm assuming, like a like. Take us through that. Obviously, well, GD, your your initials.
1: So, I originally like my whole theory was uh, it's King Grant Dawson, and the issue is everybody and their. You know, King is the same as Pitbull. You know, everybody's got the name. And so I wanted to kind of make it a little bit different. And uh, my three favorite MMA fighters all have initials as their nicknames. Uh, RDA, uh, JDS, and uh, GSP, you know. So I just thought, why don't we just take the first letters of each and try that. And I like the sound of it. It's been that for like two or three years now. And, and if somebody else doesn't like it, I can get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Have you ever seen the movie? Uh, I think it's Rounders. But it's like they deal with like the is it KGB it's like honestly like a Russian mob and every time I yeah. hear KGD I think of that and it kind of messes me up so no relation there
1: no and actually there's another fighter her name is uh, Andrea Lee and her nickname is KGB and so uh, I didn't realize that until I came up with it came up with it and then I was like well as long as I don't fight her I think we'll be okay
0: <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that unless something really terribly wrong goes uh, in the listen, UFC. We're, we're how many days into 2021? <laughs> yeah, you better be careful. Are Those going, are big so. words. Those are big words. <laughs> you 20. never One. know. Very, yeah, very yeah. true. I don't know. It's, like you said, it's only been seven days and I'm ready to get <laughs> off the roller coaster. Um, so so at only 26 years old, four fights into the UFC and 17 fights on your resume, would you still consider yourself a prospect or do you feel like your, your experience is really greater than that? Uh,
1: man, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what prospect and because and, I go out there and I beat, you know, the next guy. Am I still a prospect or, or how many fights are you not a prospect anymore? How many fights are you a veteran? I just go by skill level. Fighter A versus fighter B. How do I match up against this guy? um and i i think i'm better than all of them so it really it doesn't matter to me call me a prospect veteran whatever you want to say because nowadays it really doesn't even matter with with your age right like these young kids are doing it you know are you are you going to call a kid that's been training when he was 4 a prospect like no he's been training his whole life that's not a prospect that that's a that's a veteran right there you know
2: and it really just comes
1: down to who you fought i feel like and and Um, that's what i'm looking for is the bigger names to get that under my belt
2: yeah i feel like so we actually did like a a potential breakout stars of 2021 episode and i feel like we honestly maybe owe you an apologies for not putting you in there as a potential breakout star because you are now four and oh in the ufc and like how do you like how did your like 2020 go like did did you put like a like a one to ten is that like a ten for you like what do you want to do next
1: Man, you know, I wish I could have fought more. Um, but with, uh, you know, the whole pandemic thing, that whole annoying thing, uh, it is what it is. I got I got what I could in. Um, I feel like if I had been able to fit one more in there, I probably would have had some more steam on my name. Um, this uh, Cam Zachamayov guy, he's getting a lot of uh, a lot of credit and, and he definitely deserves it. However, like, I really don't feel like he's done anything that I haven't done. Everybody that he's beat is on a two-fight losing streak or not in the UFC anymore. I've beaten guys, uh, ultimate fighter winners, veterans, you name it. Everybody that I have beat, other than Nad is now coming off of a win. Everybody that he's beat is coming off of a loss or cut from the UFC. So, you know, to, to see him, you know, he's got all these followers. He's getting all this money. He's getting all this praise, and he re- just really hasn't done anything, you know, extraordinary. It's kind of, and it's really good timing because he's Russian and Khabib has just retired and they're calling him the new Khabib and he wants to fight at two weight classes, which is really cool. I'm happy for the guy, but, you know, I do feel like I'm getting a little overlooked when it comes to these these up-and-comers or whatever it is you want to call it.
2: What do you think you have to do? Like, what do you think the difference is between you two
1: that would have to, like, put you over the top? Uh, I'm not Russian. (laughs) I'm your basic, I'm your straight white male from Nebraska. So (laughs) I don't, I don't blame him. I don't have a funny accent. I don't say camo shorts. Uh, so it is what it is. I think it's going to come down to what it came down to, you know, back in the day, it's just winning fights. Uh, we're hoping to have a fight here pretty soon. I think I know who it is and I'm going to, I'm going to beat his ass and and that's going to give me the recognition. I'm going to do it the old fashioned way. I'm gonna beat everybody they put in front of me until I have that belt wrapped around my waist. And if people want to jump on the the bandwagon sooner than later, that's cool too.
0: I definitely think we're gonna jump on the bandwagon. That's the stuff that gets me hyped up, and that's the stuff that I like to hear when they come on the Coffee and KOs podcast. Um, Seems like a pretty solid approach. Yeah, I mean, that's the way. I, I feel like that, that's the way that you have to. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, there are guys that. You know, like Conor McGregor, he's he changed the game by the way that he can talk shit, but not everyone is built that way. Like, I know that if I was a fighter, my skill set would not be on the microphone. I know that we're doing a podcast here, but I'm not good at talking shit about other people, so I would not be able to sell fights in that way, so I would almost have to take the Grant Dawson approach and just fight them. open a can of Twisted Tea. (laughs)
1: Well, you also Uh, have to remember, though, like – when it all comes down to it, you know, Conor McGregor is Conor McGregor, not just because of what he says, because of how he backs it up. Uh, there's another fighter, his name's Chase Hooper, and he's got a lot of fans, and he makes a lot of money, and the dude really can't fight that well, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, that dude's not going to be able to spell his name by the time he's 14. Like, uh, he gets beat up in every single fight, and he's so tough, he comes back and he wins, and and he it's just too soon for him. It's too soon for him. He's got a really cool gimmick that, you know, he looks like uh, looks like he's 12 and he wants to eat a bunch of M&Ms or whatever it is. And that's really cool, but when it comes down to it, it's about winning fights in an uh, impressive manner and not taking a bunch of damage. That dude is going to have brain damage by the time he's 22.
2: I think we can say we're, a, we're an anti-Chase Hooper podcast just based off of – we're big Slippery Pete fans – so in his last fight, you know, slippery Pete's winning that fight going into round three, and then he just ends up landing that submission pretty much out of nowhere. And it's like, well, you were losing most of the fight, so how much stock do you put into that?
1: But that's every fight, every fight that yeah. he has had, whether it's on the Contender Series or uh, Alex Casares, uh, UFC. Alex Caceres whooped his ass just by being smart. Uh, the guy that he beat, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He's a short dude. He's got a brother in the UFC as well. The guy that he fought uh for his debut literally knocked him out like twice and then he got caught in some i think it was a rear naked or something like that like this this kid is what is he 19 is that how old he is or 20
0: Uh, i think he's i think he's 20 or 21 now but he did make his debut at like 19 i think
1: yeah okay so let's say he's 20 in two years his fight career keeps going like it's going and you gotta think he's only gonna fight tougher guys He's going to have brain damage, and that's not a funny thing, and that's not me talking shit. That kid cannot fight. It was too soon for him. He got onto the Contender Series. He had his cool gimmick, but we've seen this in the past. We saw it with Sage Northcutt. He was the young, uh, super young guy, got in the UFC at like 19, and and look where he's at now. He's fighting for one FC, and he's getting his eyeballs knocked out of his head. You know, It's too soon for these kids.
0: I remember when, when we had Derek Minner on. One, he called out. Chase. Well, he didn't call him out, but he said, "Give me Chase Hooper. Give me all these young guys. He's like, I will destroy all of them," which hyped me up. But also, he made a good point. He said that he feels like he entered the UFC at the perfect time, being at you know close to thirty or thirty. You know, he felt like had he got there sooner, it would have been way too soon. And so, I think that what you're saying and what he said it kind of puts it all in perspective. I I 100% agree with you in every way that Chase Hooper has won has been ugly. And like, how far is that going to get you? I feel like, you know, if you're winning fights ugly, it's like Chris Weidman, he won his last fight and he looked awful. So, I mean, to me, like it's time for Chris Weidman to hang it up. How many of those ugly wins can you have until your career? People start realizing your career is done.
1: Yeah. And I actually was talking to Derek at practice this morning about Chase Hooper and about, you know, these younger guys. I I love the contender series. I love everything. I love the guys that brings, I love everything about the contender series. I got in the UFC off the contender series, but I'm telling you they're, they're signing these kids that just, they, they're not ready. We are the, the highest, uh, the highest level of the sport bar none. We are the NFL for MMA. Correct. These kids are getting in and they're they're They just don't have the experience. I told Minner, I was like, go after Hooper, go after, Uh, I I can't think of any other names off the top of my head. Go after these young guys that keep getting signed that don't know up from down, that are good at one thing. Chase is a jiu-jitsu guy in MMA. If he was a wrestler, it would be a little bit different because at least he would be able to control where the fight goes and not take so much damage. He literally has to use his face to get the opponent tired before he can submit them. I'm telling you right now, that's not going to last very long.
2: But as a fighter, you know, if you're given the opportunity at 21, like you're going to jump on that no matter what, right? It really –
1: I mean, it really depends. Uh, It depends on who you trust. I I was lucky in the sense that I have three very big role models in my life that have guided me through my career. My manager, Joe, and my coach, James Krause, and then my uh, other manager, Jason House. You know, I trust them completely i trust that they know what they're talking about i trust that i'm still young in the sport and i'm not exactly sure you know they know the angle i want to be world champion take it from here guys what's going to get me there safest have brain cells when i'm you know when i'm older and enough money in the bank to to live off of what i need to live off of and and i was lucky in that aspect and some of these kids don't have that and they see that shiny thing in the corner and they're just they want to jump on it you know i'm not saying If you get a chance to get signed to the UFC at 21, I'm not saying don't take that chance. That's amazing. Good for you. But you also have to take a step back and look at your fighting style. If your fighting style is, I'm going to get punched in the face until you get tired, then I'm going to submit you. Dog, these guys in the UFC, one, they hit a lot harder. Two, they're not going to get tired. They're not going to get tired beating your ass. And that's just the facts.
0: Now, I'm curious because I'm not really too familiar. What is a developmental contract? Because we've seen that on Contender Series before. Like, what does that entail? Like, because are you still fighting fights in the UFC or or like, are you fighting for is there another promotion in their developmental contract? Like, what is that? Because I've seen it on the Contender Series and that's almost something that maybe would have benefited Hooper. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm just curious as as to what that is, if you know.
1: It's basically a fancy way of saying, hey, you didn't get in. Um, from what I understand, like you get a shot next season or you're at the top of the list if they need a short notice. It, it really it doesn't matter. but uh, one thing that I think they should do with the contender series is just make it its own show. you know uh, the WWE has owns a bunch of little pro wrestling shows that they have. I think the contender series should do that. It's doing so well right now. Uh, just make it its own show. Give it belts, give it weight classes, give it, you know, signed fighters. Then when you need fighters to fill in shows, boom, you have them right there. They're ready to go. They've been active year round and you get all these views on Fight Pass or ESPN Plus or whatever the, the streaming service is. make uh, make the contender series its own show. And the biggest thing that that would help is. Uh, you don't have to give them contracts. The, the UFC is filling up, and it's filling up fast. It, we're seeing guys off of one loss and gone because they're overbooked. And the reason why they're overbooked is because they keep signing guys uh, that are coming off the contender series. You have one really cool performance, or you have one little gimmick, they're going to sign you. And and so they're getting overbooked, and then these other guys are getting cut off of one loss against you know these uh, other guys that are really good.
0: I think that's a great idea, I, and I would love that. That just means more fights. That would be that would be incredible. Yeah, um, so fights.
1: I'm ready for fights. You know, they used to do Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Tuesday, uh, Contender Series. Wednesday, The Ultimate Fighter, and then Saturday. You know, the main MMA. Bring that back. That's what I want. Fights every Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. This is all I do. I'm watching fights right now on my TV in my bedroom. Uh, that's all I want is more fights. And the Ultimate Fighter is actually agree. making a comeback too. Uh, they haven't announced who the two
2: guys, like the the, the hosts, are going to be, but um, that's going to be electric
1: when it comes back. I'm actually interested to see how it does because I feel like with the Contender Series, people are more interested in just fights at this point. You know, like with the with the um, the Ultimate Fighter, each episode was build up, build up, build up, build up, one fight and then done. Whereas the Contender Series is a little short video of who this is and their dream and They're all fighting for their kids for some reason. Uh, And then you get to watch five fights, you know, of guys that really, really want it. I feel like that's why the Contender Series is doing so much better than the Ultimate Fighter. And I really can't see the Ultimate Fighter uh, doing well after this season. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just I can't see it competing with the Contender Series, which really sucks because one of my goals as a fighter is to be a coach on the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter
0: yeah i agree I, I i'm not and i also feel like when there's when there's a ton of guys on there like and and you know it's the build-up build up, i feel like they can just add so much garbage in there that i don't i'd rather just see the fights um so i i kind of i'm on the side of i kind of lean towards contender series just because it's almost like a mini ufc card for me i can watch you know an hour and a half worth of fights not an hour's worth of guys bickering with one another making weight and then fighting one time. And then that's the end of the show. Um, so that, that's my preference, but I did have a a question. So you and Derek Minner, both younger guys. All right. And, and have a ton of fights. Is that a Nebraska thing? Like you guys just love to fight that at a young age, you guys just like screw it by the time I'm 30, I'm going to have like 30 fights to
1: my name. Uh, I mean, me and Derek, I would say so. Yeah, it's a Midwest thing. We call ourselves, and I wouldn't say anything Derek call ourselves this, but James calls the Midwest fighters the blue collar fighters, you know. We wake up every day, we go to work every day, and we're trying to we're trying to do this. Uh I train twice a day, every single day except Sunday. Why wouldn't I wanna fight? I want to take fights. Um Derek goes about it, he's got the mindset of anybody, anytime, anywhere, any weight, I'm going to fight. And I love that mindset. I have the same mindset. I was going to take a bunch of really stupid fights that were going to get me in trouble early on in my career. That's why I gave control to James, Joe, and Jason. And I said, yo, tell me who to fight. Tell me when to fight them. Don't even ask me. If you like it, just say yes. And I feel like Derek uh, didn't have that early on. And he was just fight, 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 fight. And it still worked out for him. That dude, that dude's a savage. That dude, uh, sharing the octagon with him. And then uh, after that, sharing the practice room with him. I I have so much respect for him, so much uh, admiration for his game. He has got an incredible game. And I'm telling you, he's going to beat a lot of guys, like a lot of guys.
0: And just a follow up to that, I saw that so you fought Minner, Minner fought Kroom. Like, do you guys like build off one another now that you're teammates, like those experiences and just kind of like help each other grow? And now that you're all training together, like I feel like that that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we prepared for Minner. I was Kroom's main training partner when he was set to fight Minner. And then when I got set to fight Minner, even though it was only, you know, we only had 12 days' notice, he was my main training partner to fight Minner. Uh, after we fought, menner came to our gym to, uh, to, to train with us. And I, I gotta tell you, man, it's, it's so, it, he, he's got such a good game. Like he, I just yesterday we were, we were in jujitsu practice and I'm picking his brain about how he's doing this, this arm bar technique. I'm recording stuff. I'm, I'm trying to figure stuff out. I'm helping him with his wrestling. Like it's just, we just grow and build off of each other, the three of us. And, uh, he, he's really great to have in the room. And so just kind of going
2: off of that, like Glory MMA is definitely kind of blown up in the last year or two. Like what's, what's going on over at Glory MMA? Like, where do you kind of see that success coming from? Is it like mainly like James Krause being the coach or is it just really like a great group of guys? Uh,
1: I feel, (laughs) I feel like, uh, I feel like it's a a combination of three things. One, and probably most importantly is James, you know, uh, having a leader like that, having a, a coach. That that teaches you every day and not to mention the dude just is so smart with the game uh, when this whole pandemic hit the first thing that he told all of us was be ready when fights come back there's going to be a wave of of you know needing fighters in the UFC short notice replacements you know uh, stuff happening with this whole COVID stuff. And so that was a really big part of our, our gym success is our guys were just staying ready. Croom took a fight on one day's notice. Uh, Jason Witt took a fight on two days notice. Uh, you know, like it's just being this blue collar fighter that is always ready to go and ready for opportunity is what gets us there. And then the other thing is our management really knows how to grow fighters. You know, uh, I hate it. I hate it when when people talk about, you know, pad records or or stuff like that, because, you know, if you're 10 and 0 or 10 and 1, no one cares who your first five fights were. I feel like that's the biggest misconception in MMA. and My biggest advice to a, a young fighter making his pro debut is take smart fights. Don't be don't pretend like you've got a big dick. Don't like go out there and try to fight, you know, anybody with a name because nobody gives a shit who your first five to 10 fights were. No one cares if you're 10 and O against 10 turds or you're five and five against 10 really tough guys. The 10 and O guy is going to get signed over the five and five guy.
0: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Go ahead, Steve.
1: I
2: was going to say, uh, so what, what is going on with James Krause? Like, why do I keep seeing his name pop up in the news about like, he's pissing off some fighter or like his mentor it was like Diego Sanchez, I think, recently, but like before is Joaquin Buckley. What's going on there?
1: Well, first off, James is like a honey badger. He don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> he don't care if he hurts your feelings. He's not trying to. He's not trying to uh, uh, settle it down for for people. He's there to tell it like it is. You know, if he means it, he'll say it. Uh, the whole Joaquin Buckley thing, man, I. I don't even want to get into that. That dude's a shitbox and and you know, it, whatever. But uh like Diego Sanchez, he's trying to he, was, he ugh, I can't talk. He has been trying to fight Diego for a long time and it just kind of never happened. And then Diego out of the blue kind of messaged him saying that he didn't like what he was saying about his trainer or something like that even though they're both a bunch of neck cases. And uh so he was like, "Look, I'll fight you." Like, just tell him you want. I told them that we wanted it. You tell him you want it and let's get this done. And and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's kind of looking like it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> that would be electric. I love James Krause. I've been a fan really kind of even before I started this podcast because he just will fight anyone at any weight class and just doesn't care. And I, I love it. And, and the the man, the master of the short notice fight. Like, I feel like he's like the guy that if you need someone short notice, just call him and, and he'll do it. And I love that. Um, So it seems at 26, like I see on your Instagram stories and stuff that, that you corner a lot of guys and you also teach a lot. It's, it's almost like you have like a veteran instinct or like people, people really trust you. And at 26, I can, I can honestly tell you that. I don't think anyone trusts me. So kind of what's, what's that like?
1: Well, man, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with my, with my success, you know, I'm, I'm 16 and one uh, I've only got two decisions in my career and I'm four and zero in the UFC. Uh, I've bonus, you know, I've beaten a lot of good guys and I've made it look easy. Uh, the other thing is I'm, I'm am i I'm a really good coach. And I'm not trying to say I'm, you know, on James's level or anything like that, but I'm a very, very good coach. And these younger guys, I really love helping guys that I see myself in all you have to do to get on my good side is work hard and show up every day. That's it. If you do that, I'm going to, I'm going to grab you. I'm going to put you under my wing. I'm going to show you everything that I know. No questions asked, you know, and I've built a relationship with a lot of these, uh, these fighters, like really, really deep relationships with these other fighters, my teammates, my brothers, you know, um, just the other day, or it wasn't the other day, it was a couple months ago, one of my uh, one of my teammates, his name's Muhammad, he's 6-0 and 0 as an amateur, he got a fight on one day's notice in Iowa. So we got in the car, we drove up there to go fight, and i do it again. You know, I love that kid. He works his butt off every day, and he listens to everything we tell him. You know, if we told him to do a cartwheel and a back foot in the middle of the cage, he would do it. And those are the kind of guys that I'm, I'm willing to lose money on. I'm willing to drive 1,000-plus miles uh, sleep in crappy hotels, all that stuff for, you know, they put in the work. I see myself in them trying to make it. And, and, you know, you just kind of build a bond when you're, when you fight somebody every day, you kind of just build this bond with them.
2: When, uh, when the MMA career is over, is that something you're looking to do is become a coach or maybe even own your own gym?
1: (laughs) Uh, not own my own gym. Um, there's one, one flaw that I have when it comes to coaching and that's I hate coaching normal people. I don't like coaching people that are trying to lose weight or, or just want to do it for fun. I'm here to coach athletes and winners. That's what I like to do. I hang around winners. And, uh, so when you're, when you're an owner of a gym, you gotta be able to coach those, those kind of people. Cause they're the ones to pay the bills. And I just, I don't want to do that. I got my own plans for, uh, after retirement, but, um, uh owning a gym isn't one of them
0: i see that is your is your girlfriend a fighter too
1: yeah she's a professional fighter she's undefeated uh 1 and 0 which you know 1 and 0 uh she's great she trains every day just like i do she's she's awesome Well, I was going to
0: say, like, what's that relationship like? Like, because we've all we've interviewed Miranda Maverick, who her boyfriend is not a fighter, but he is like the most jacked guy I've ever seen in my life. And I asked her about that. And then, like, so what's your relationship like with, you know, you're a fighter. She's a fighter. Like, if you get into arguments, like, do those get like real testy? (laughs) She's going to, like, drop you down and, like, throw you in an arm bar or something like that.
1: (laughs) Well. First off, fuck Miranda Maverick, and second off, um, whoa, 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 she, what's whoa. that about? What's that about? <laughs> oh, nothing. Uh, she's not my favorite person. Um, wow. But uh, L, my my actual favorite person, you know, she's 105 pounds. She fights at at atom weight. So, uh, you know, if if we get into a little argument, it never gets physical, and uh, <laughs> she's she's great because you know. She understands cutting weight. She understands the grind, you know. Like, it's just – it's so amazing to have somebody that, like, gets what you're going through. When you're in the middle of a fight camp, you're hungry. you just got your ass beat for the 100th time uh, this week, and it's only a Tuesday. Uh, And you come home, and you just want to, like, lay your head on the couch and not talk to anybody. She gets it. She understands that. She understands, you know – Uh. It's just, it's so nice to have, you know, somebody in your life like that. I've dated other fighters before that weren't as committed and, oh, we should hang out more and, oh, let's miss practice tonight. She's not like that at all. And then I've dated girls that, you know, aren't fighters at all. And that's just the worst, you know? Uh, so I, I really got lucky and, and it's it's really just great to have her in my life. Also, she's a nutritionist. So in fight camp, it's it's always nice to have that in your back pocket.
0: I need, I need my wife to become a nutritionist because well, God I eat like dog shit. That is not um, happen. I will say I will though tell I,
1: you, I will tell you it's pretty terrible when you're outside of fight camp. When you're not in fight camp, having a nutritionist <laughs> as a significant other is not great.
0: <laughs> I, I will say though, like like I'm not a fighter, but I could only imagine like it's probably much, much easier to be a fighter and be with someone who is also a fighter because just know like all the guys we've talked to, like it sounds miserable when you're, you know, working and and trying to, you know, cut weight and prepare for a fight. And I definitely would not someone want someone breathing down my neck, like to do shit when you're, you know, you're working. Right.
1: And one of the best parts about it too, is, is what you're talking about where when I'm in camp, she takes the workload, you know, this needs done, this needs done, this needs done. She does it. And when she's in camp, she still does. No, I'm sorry. Uh, then it's my turn. And I do all those things for her. You know, like it, it's it's nice to have that type of understanding with each other. And it's also nice to date or to be with a one hundred and five pound fighter because, you know, they don't fight that much. There aren't very many of them out there. So it's usually me that's in camp.
2: Um, so something that's kind of gone on that I noticed through your career is you've kind of moved between lightweight and featherweight. So, how do you like decide which division you want to fight at? Like, do you just is it make more sense to cut weight, or is it if you're more of a natural lightweight, do you just stay at that? Like, how do you make the decision there?
1: Man, uh, for me personally, I am uh, staying at lightweight. My next fight will be at lightweight. Um, my next couple of fights will be at lightweight, and barring something goes terribly, terribly wrong, I can't see myself going down to one forty-five again, until I want to become double champ. Um, It's just, it's so hard to make that weight. I missed weight uh, when I fought Derek Minner, uh, and he was a G and took the fight still. And then in my last fight, they gave us a catch weight because we had to fly and all that. And it was still so hard to make that weight. Um, It it was really hard to make you know 150. And so that was really an eye opener for me where it was like, I'm, I'm not a featherweight anymore. And if I am, I can only do it one or two more times. So I might as well just save myself the, uh, the trouble and the embarrassment of missing again and, and move up, you know, so we're moving up. We're gonna, we're gonna take this fight and we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna get that belt at 155, And then we'll talk maybe about going back down to 45.
0: So I see on your Instagram story often that, that you like to go bowling. What, what's, are you an avid bowler and what's the best score?
1: I am a terrible, terrible bowler. However, uh, my teammates and I we have a we have a group, and we all like to hang out. we there's six of us. We're all like you know really close, and so our, our kind of our thing to do is on uh, Tuesday nights to go to a main event and we go bowling, laser tag, and play sh- uh, shuffleboard. And so it's kind of just a night for the guys, you know, midweek, uh, getting that first hard practice out of the way, and then and then we like to go uh, go chill out for a bit.
0: Were you good at any other sports? Like I know a lot of times wrestlers and like fighters, they get a bad rap. Like, I mean, like a lot of them, if they, you dedicate your life to wrestling, like a lot of times you don't Mm -hmm. play any other sports. It's just dedicated to wrestling. So are you good at, were you good at any other sports? Or is like wrestling kind of, that's it. That's
1: all you did. Yeah. I suck at everything, man. It's wrestling (laughs) and, uh, wrestling and, and MMA combat sports is what I'm good at. I'm, I'm so bad at, uh, at pretty much everything that isn't that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm bad at bowling. I'm bad at shuffleboard. I'm bad at laser tag. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. I get to hang out with my guys and, uh, and, uh, yeah, so it is what it is.
2: This is a kind of a random question. It's something I've kind of noticed from in, doing these interviews, but so in your Instagram bio, it lists that you, you love anime. Why does every UFC fighter love anime?
1: Cause anime is awesome.
2: i just like i don't know i never really got like super into it but i swear like every single ufc fighter loves anime i just didn't know if there's like something about
1: that i don't know uh i wouldn't say every single ufc fighter likes anime but a good majority of them do i feel like it's a really nice it's a really nice uh i don't want to say background it's a pastime until the next practice uh i don't know and you like anime do you like family guy yeah. that's Is that
2: technically anime?
1: Okay, so you like cartoons. It's just an American anime. No, it's an American anime. It's a cartoon. Like, what's the difference? You know, uh, I, 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 I know. really enjoy the, the anime. <laughs> I really enjoy Family Guy cartoons. I'm with it. I Honestly, I'm just a big kid. I literally get to play a game for a living. So the rest of my life is going to be, you know, based around things that I enjoy. I enjoy cartoons. I enjoy, you know, uh geeky stuff star wars, star wars. All that you said you love star stuff. wars right i love star wars, are you like a, are you like a first
2: six or are you like the new age like where which one do you like better
1: uh i'm a first six um the mandalorian is what saved the star wars universe for me oh, the last three movies were kind of terrible and uh, I, I shouldn't say they were terrible they weren't very good and uh the mandalorian really saved saved uh the universe for me and and so I'm so happy it's in there. I really like the original, I'm sorry, not the original 3, the prequels with the the Jedi and the Clone Wars. I really really like the Clone Wars. That's my favorite. Um but I really enjoy the whole 6 as a, as it goes.
2: I I think the Mandalorian is overrated. You think so? Yep. Uh
1: can I tell you real quick that you're absolutely wrong?
2: No, dude it. Well, okay, <laughs> let me just say I haven't watched season 2 yet. I just finished season 1 and it just It just didn't do anything for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I I might be ashamed to say this, but everyone says I was deprived as a kid because I've never watched Star Wars. I've never watched anime. I never watched any of those things. (laughs) Like I I, I, like, I like, I grew up on like Rudy and major league. Like my dad was a huge sports fanatic. I never grew up on that type of stuff. Like my, I don't know that my dad's ever seen Star Wars. So like, I've Hmm. never watched any of those things. So like people that I work with, He's my best friend. He loves that stuff. I've never seen it a day in my life.
1: Well, we can we can you know bring your issue to you. Just have bad parents, and uh, <laughs> fair that, enough. That, I, I I don't know what to do with this other guy over here, but you know, it is what it is. I'll I'll pray for you guys later.
2: That's fair. That's fair.
0: I appreciate <laughs> that. That that makes me feel like we're friends. Then if you're gonna if you're gonna say a prayer for me, at yeah, least.
1: yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll fit you in there. I'll fit you in there. Oh, well, that, that's to the, Very nice. The anime
0: gods. Um, All right. So we don't want to keep you too long. So we have two, two set, well, three, but really just two segments um, for you. And then we can let you go. They're, they're typically pretty quick. So the first one is called significant strikes. So um, our wives or I'm married, he's married, Steve is getting married. So we normally like to feature our wives in some way. So they let us do this. So we have them formulate, each formulate a question for you. They don't know who you are. They don't do any research. They just ask a random-ass question. And you have to answer all three and then pick which one you like the best. And then we keep tabs. I won in 2020, so I'm defending the belt here in 2021. Let's go. And
1: I don't know which one uh, which one of them did the questions.
0: No, I'll tell you afterwards.
1: Okay, cool. Shoot,
0: All righty. So the first question, if you could transform into any superhero at any given time, who would you choose and why?
1: Are we talking like major superheroes or just any superhero in existence? I'd say anything. Anything. Oh, man. Oh, (laughs) I don't know. I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I would probably say I'd probably say Captain America. Um he he's he's got uh, he's one of my favorite super he's basically Batman with superpowers. Uh he's got your strength and you he's just good at everything. I, I like that that he's just good at everything that he touches. I'd probably say Captain America.
0: All right. I think I would go Deadpool. I think it's awesome that he can just <laughs> chop his hand off and then grow nice. it back.
1: <laughs> my only my only issue with Deadpool is Captain America is still still good looking. Deadpool's a fugly. Oh he is, yeah, he's atrocious looking, looking.
0: I feel yeah. like his personality is kind of like mine. So I feel like I'm I'm semi-similar to him as far as personality goes.
1: I also um, feel like with Deadpool, he's got the type of powers that like everyday life like if you're Deadpool, you have to be a superhero because all he really is is invincible. He just can't die. You know, like with uh, Captain America, you got super strength, speed. You know, you can do this, these kind of things throughout everyday life. You don't have to be a superhero.
2: Although, imagine if you were in the middle of a fight and you were like about to get choked out, but you just like turned into the Hulk and you just started smashing everyone. That'd be well,
1: you cool. would get disqualified. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure at that point that's <laughs> yeah, a PNB. So. Yeah, if I'm if I'm Captain America, I can just pull his arms off of me with my super strength, and I could just be like, I'm really good at fighting, guys. True. True.
0: All right. Question two: What is the most useless word word in the world?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> the most useless word: moist. Yes. <laughs> I true. think a lot
0: of females would appreciate that you said that that <laughs> word should get should get a. Uh, should get axed <laughs> <laughs>
1: because nobody says it. Even even when you something's moist, they don't say it because oh, it's damp because they don't want to be the guy that said moist.
0: I feel I feel like when someone like describes how a cake like a cake is moist. moist yeah, you you don't you're a fighter. You don't eat cake, so it's I understand. That's bullshit. Like you I,
2: I eat extra cake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right, last question. What's the worst smell you faced when fighting an opponent? <laughs> I feel like it can't smell good regardless in there. I mean,
1: that's... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever like smell like I'm more worried about them punching me in the face. <laughs> you never had a moment where you're just
2: like someone was laying on top of you and you're like, this smells terrible.
1: Well, first off, I don't get taken down. but uh... <laughs> Oh, Steve,
0: come on, dude. We want him to come that. back should... on the show. I should know that.
1: Uh, no, I, no, I can't, I guess I, I, it wasn't bad. The only time that I've ever, ever registered a smell in a fight would be, I fought this kid named Christian camp and, uh, there was a lot of blood. There was, it, it's the bloodiest fight I've ever been in. Um, and I just remember I was slipping everywhere cause his blood was all over the place. Ugh. And I just remember like, I'm on, I'm in his guard, and I'm dropping these elbows, and blood's just going everywhere. And and I remember being like, I can distinctly smell blood. Like this is what like blood the smells like. Yeah, and oh. I wouldn't say that it smelled bad, but it just. I've never like, because I'm sweaty too, and I spend every waking minute of my day in a gym. So, you know, I'm pretty. I'm pretty desensitized to to the uh smell when it comes to that kind of stuff but i would say blood was the the thing that i smelled that i registered I, I
2: think it was scott holtzman who was telling us that he just straight up shit himself in the middle of a fight one time which is hilarious <laughs> are you
0: serious yeah. that's yeah. Awesome. yeah yeah he, oh, he said man, that that's the worst i think it, he said he was like trying to like escape a choke or something yeah. like that and yeah, it just shit like
1: himself. shit happens man
0: yeah, seriously. Exactly right. uh, I, I did <laughs> want to ask though, like, so like before you go into a fight, obviously like they have to check, they check your fingernails, they check all that stuff. Like, are you allowed to like rock deodorant or is that like not allowed?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, I wouldn't say people do it. I, it's really the last thing on my mind. Is, Man, that guy smells bad.
0: <laughs> well, you could tell we're not fighters because I feel like that is like the first thing I'm slapping on like before I got there. <laughs> I is some don't want deodorant to sweat
1: too much. Yeah. <laughs> Extra I go a little dry. right
0: little right guard action, like, so it's you know the dry stuff, but yeah, no. Um, have you seen
1: those. Have you seen those commercials for the deodorant where the the gym teacher is like, we're not moving on until this guy sweats. Thats such a I haven't game, seen it.
0: But oh, that's it's funny like cause a gym it, class. I am a gym, like a gym teacher.
1: Class. Oh, there you go. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a gym class and like the dude, everybody's soaked in sweat and the dude's not sweating like at all because he's got this spray on deodorant and i'm just like man that commercial is for people that don't actually work out
0: and and th- those are that's how you know people don't know anything about deodorant because spray deodorant doesn't work you need to use Thank antiperspirant you.
1: that's what, and even that's hard like even that that's hard on some people
0: yeah people don't understand how to smell good um all right so those were the three questions you had the superhero you had the useless word and you had uh, the worst smell when you've been fighting, you can choose which one, uh, you thought was the best.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with useless word.
0: Let's go. That's me again, baby. My my wife's been on a roll. I don't know what it is. My wife is like very good at asking the best shitty question ever. And and she's just very good at it.
1: What was the last, the last question that won?
0: uh oh god i don't it's been a while since we've done an interview because of the holidays and stuff so i don't i don't remember uh we've had we've had some good ones um i i can't remember was it this if if you are you weak or strong if you hit yourself or something? Oh yeah i think the last one was with jay perrin and he's he's a friend of our show and he asked if you my wife asked if you hit yourself are you strong or
1: are you weak if you hit yourself are you strong or are you weak i yeah personally i, I think you're stupid <laughs> 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 well like <laughs> idiot
0: well yeah i don't i don't know i don't know like he thought it was great and I, I mean i can i kind of like i get the question like do you think you're strong or do you think you're weak but like I don't know. Like you can, you can look at a bunch of different ways. Like, are you mentally strong or are you mentally weak? Because I feel like you might be might be mentally weak if you're punching yourself in the head.
1: Hmm.
0: So I don't That's know. That's fair. That's fair. Um. All right. So Steve just has rapid uh, rapid fire, and then we uh, we just let you have the floor, and you can you can plug any sponsors or anything you want. So Steve, take away rapid fire.
2: All right, so Rapid Fire, I'm going to give you two options. You tell me which one you prefer, and there's also a few questions in there as well. Um, So crowd or no crowd? Uh, Crowd. Apex or Fight Island? Fight Island. Hometown Fight Night main event or main card on a pay-per-view? Main card pay-per-view. First round finish or getting a decision win in a back-and-forth war? Are you
1: crazy? That's first round finish.
2: What would drive you crazier, a bad stoppage or a bad judge?
1: Uh, bad, gene, bad judge. Yeah, come on. Screw
2: Chris,
0: screw, screw Chris Lee. They need to get him out of there. He is awful. Yeah, there's a lot
1: of them. And I actually have, I think I have a way to fix judging, but they don't ask me. So I, I could, we could ask you that. How do you fix that? I wouldn't say you could fix it like or permanently, but him. one way, one mi- way, two ways to make it better is uh, five judges and five judges instead of three. And then um, open scoring. And uh, the reason if you can convince three out of five judges that you won the fight, then it's pretty obvious that you won the fight. And the other thing is, uh, did you see did you guys see the whole thing when James fought? uh I'm blanking on his name. The when he went up to 85 the, and the Brazilian fought. guy, no, 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 it was the the black kid, um, what Traven Giles. Oh. Uh, okay, yeah. So he fought that guy, won the first round. He had the dude's back for four minutes and 30 seconds. There's no way you lose a round if you have a dude's back for four minutes and 30 seconds. One judge gave travin the or Travis or whatever his name is uh, the first round. That judge was his teammate.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah. How does that work? That's, that would yeah.
1: literally be me judging James's fight. And 100%, if I was judging James's fight, there's no way he's losing a round. Not a second of a round. I don't care if he gets his nose split open, his face beat in. I'm going to say he won the round. I don't care. That's why I'm not a judge. But... My theory on it is if there was open scoring where the whole crowd and everybody at home knows who wins that round, he wouldn't have given that round to his training partner because he would have said everybody is going to see somebody give that round, not to James. And they're going to immediately call bullshit. So he would have been more honest about it. And given James the round, James would have won the fight.
2: We just we did a post today about open scoring because Dana White came out and was just like very against it. And it seems like a lot of the people didn't like it either. But I like where Which you're is, coming from.
1: Wh- wh- why? My only question is why? What does it mean? It's, it's from a business
2: perspective of just like if you know – like he was saying like there's not going to be any suspense going into the final round. So it makes for a worse product because if you know you're winning, you'll just stay away and it won't be eventful.
1: But if you know you're losing, you're going to fight your ass off to get the right. finish. Not yeah. to mention – not to mention most not all not all but a good majority of fights you know who's winning yeah i agree you know? i, I the, think it's the only thing the only thing that it's going to change is if you think you're winning and you're not you're going to go out there and you're going to fight your ass off to get the win you know or in a super close fight when it's really really close you're gonna know who's winning, and so you're gonna go into this third round not just assuming, "Oh, I'm winning" or "Oh, I'm losing." You're gonna know, and so then you're gonna go for it. It's really hard to stall. It, it, look at look at Chael Son and Anderson Silva, their first fight. He's up very clearly four rounds to zero. It, it's so hard to stall in an MMA fight unless you're, you know, you get the takedown and you're you're laying on them. But if you're gonna do that, you're gonna do it anyway.
2: Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, you can go. I was just going to say, like,
0: if you're going to stall for like the last round after a four round fight, like you have to have one ridiculous cardio anyway to be escaping the whole entire time. And two, you have to just be crazy elusive. Like, I feel like you'd have to almost be like Wonderboy type elusive and just be able to scoot around the octagon for five minutes, which is not easy to do after you just went four hard rounds. So,
1: well, I am those guys fight like that anyway. It's not going to Wonder Boy's going to fight like Wonder Boy, whether he's winning or losing.
0: A hundred percent. And I feel like I understand what Dana White said, but I feel like there's more positives to open scoring than any negative. And, and at this point, the scoring has just been awful. Like it's been so bad, especially the last couple months here before the new year. It was terrible. There was a couple, I mean, like the Paul Felder fight, like he clearly lost, I think every round, maybe except for one. And and the, the fact Chris that Lee. Chris Lee Chris had that Lee. fight going for Paul Felder is like, how is that fight a split decision. Like Paul Felder he, himself scored five rounds to none for RDA winning. Like,
1: it, uh, isn't Chris Lee a boxing judge?
0: Yeah. That's yeah. That's what we were talked that, about it before.
1: That's he doesn't know anything one. about wrestling. Well, it's not about knowing or it's about biasism. You know, I'm a wrestler. If I'm a judge, I'm automatically going to score, uh, the guy who's doing more wrestling. You know, that's going to look better to me, you know, and it's not about knowing or I, I totally believe Chris Lee or whatever his name is knows what he's doing. He just prefers boxing over wrestling so that he likes it better. It's the same thing in real boxing. Real boxing is so corrupt and so, you know, look at the Triple G versus Canelo, their first fight. There's no way Canelo won that fight and they made it a, a draw. It didn't matter. As long as there was no finish, that fight was going to be a draw no matter what happened because they wanted to see another one. And to have those same judges judge our sport it's crazy and ridiculous it's literally having uh it's having college or uh, having high school referees ref a nfl game you know like it's amateurish we need our own refs and we also need to be sanctioned under one sanctioning body the rules are different every state that you go to or every country you go to they have different rules different sanctioning bodies and that's that's ridiculous. No other sport in the world does it like that.
0: Hundred percent. They need to let me be a judge. I'll get that shit right every time, guaranteed. I <laughs> know what as I'm looking for. You're scoring it
1: for me. I'm cool. Yeah. With that. All
0: right. If, only if you promise to come back on the show again, then you, I'll, you'll I get am. my vote every time.
1: This is the most fun I've had in an interview, probably ever. I love it. You guys, let me know when you want me. I'm back on. This was so much fun. The, the awesome. MMA Glory Boy, like that's our crew right
2: now. We love you guys. Um,
1: yeah.
2: I have s- just a few more questions after that. Yeah, sorry. sorry. I, didn't, I didn't
1: mean to interrupt you.
2: <laughs> no, that was good talk. I like that. Um, if a restaurant had a Grant Dawson special, what would it be?
1: Oh, geez. Probably a triple cheeseburger with extra bacon. Yes. Hold yes. the lettuce.
0: Hold the lettuce. <laughs> seated bun or no seated bun?
1: Eh, no seated. No, no, see, yeah,
0: that shit gets stuck in your teeth and it's annoying.
1: Yeah, it's just weird. It has a weird taste to it, too. Uh, outside of MMA, what's
2: your dream job? Uh,
1: like anything, like, yep, anything, anything. Well, my plan, uh, my plan after MMA is to get into acting, so I would say movie star. That's uh, that's some of my goals, so.
0: What what We're are like are you, like an action like action films or any
2: acting uh, like the Kingdom reboot? Yeah,
1: there we go, there we go. Uh, actually, uh, my my goals acting wise is to be in at least one giant movie, like one blockbuster, sell out movie. Just anything, I could be the guy in the background, I don't care. Uh, and then my other goal is to actually have my own TV show. So that uh, that's something I'm working on.
0: You should start vlogging. That's I feel like that's how it starts. Do YouTube vlogs.
2: MMA glory reality show. Do
1: it.
0: Let's that, go. Would <laughs> that would be great. That would be awesome. Go.
1: Hey, I'm down, man. I'm down. I like. I've been trying to get my own YouTube channel started. It's just so hard because I don't know like the, the the filming and editing stuff like that. I don't have time to do it, and to like hire somebody to do it costs an arm and a leg and I've tried and then the good, the guys that I can get to do it for cheap they take forever to do it so I'm still working out uh that but I actually do want to launch my own uh like my own uh UFC embedded have you guys you guys watch that I want to mm-hmm. do that for my fight camps um but uh and I'm going to we call it uh KGD TV and so oh, nice. uh, yeah I just need to find the right camera crew that can get it done uh in a timely manner but we'll get it figured out
2: all right, we're gonna finish up quick here. Max Holloway, or Calvin Cater, Calvin Cater, Conor McGregor, or Dustin Poirier,
1: Conor McGregor.
2: Let's go. Describe your fighting style using one word. Win. Let's go. That's that's rapid fire for you.
0: If if you start to like us a lot, is there any chance I could pick your walkout song?
1: Nah, I got my walkout song. <laughs> Sorry, dog. What is that's it? That's all right. Uh, it's a song called "Hellfire" by Jonathan Young. And uh, I really like it for two reasons. One reason it's super unique and nobody's ever going to ever going to walk out to it but me. And uh, unless now they see this and they're trying to be an asshole. And then uh, it's basically about a it's basically about a uh, a priest who loses his faith with God because he falls in love with a woman. It yeah, it's it's very unique.
0: All right. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> not, nothing. I, I'll, I'll it's accept not the loss. It's, it's OK. It's OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, we always wrap up our interviews with uh we allow you to have the floor. You're allowed to plug any sponsors. Shout out to anyone. Anything that you want to say, the floor is yours. You can take it away.
1: Man, you know, uh everybody turns it off at this point because they don't care about who my sponsors are. But I just want to give a big shout out to my coaches and my teammates, you know. Uh they're they're always supporting me, they're always helping me train and, and this this fight we got coming up. You know, I'm, I'm just so excited for this journey that I have with them. And then lastly, I just got to give a huge shout out to the sidewalk for keeping me off the streets.
2: I like that.
0: That's, that's That's a solid, you should make that a t-shirt. There we go. There we go. (laughs) All right, Carrie, take us out. All right, here we go. hey special thanks to Grant thanks for for hanging out with us uh, tonight guys if you enjoyed this we are coffee and kos presented by lightbananas.com you can find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram all at coffee and kos one and next time we'll see you outside the
1: octagon.